the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. Well, isn't God good? Isn't He good? His faithfulness is beyond anything that we can imagine. I want to take, I do want to take a few moments tonight, and I do want to do my best to share a message with you. I do feel a lot of emotions, and so if you will bear with me as I go through looking back over 35 years, but as I was thinking about what I wanted to share with you tonight, there was a a phrase that came to me, and my wife and I have been talking a lot about the last 35 years and what God has done, the many people have been saved, the lives have been changed, and I was thinking about what I would share with you this evening. And the phrase that came to me was the phrase, what's in a name? What's in a name? And you'll understand this in just a moment. When you think about parents bringing a brand new baby into the world, one of the most exciting things that a parent will do, a soon-to-be parent will do, or uh, soon-to-be bringing a child into the world, a big decision, a big process that happens is the the choosing of a name. What are we going to name this baby? Because you know that when you choose a name, you're going to choose a name that will be with that child for the rest of their life. Their identity will be wrapped up in that name. What is their name going to be? And there are all kind of baby name books that people go through to try to determine what the child's name is going to be. And sometimes a a name will be be related to a respected family member that you want to pass on a particular name to. And sometimes it's maybe a someone outside the family that's had a very big impact upon your life. And so you want to name that child after that person or uh, just a name that the parents really, really like. And so I remember my my wife and I choosing the names of our daughters as they were being born and just what would be the name that we would want to give them. And in our case, it was a name that we wanted to have some level of prophetic impact upon their life. What was the name going to be that would they could carry with them that would allow them to feel that there's a purpose to their life, an identity that has value. And 35 years ago, actually a little more than 35 years ago, my wife and I had the honor and the privilege of choosing a name, choosing a name for a church. It was one of the biggest decisions that we made because we were living in Virginia Beach, Virginia at the time, and we were going to move here. We knew no one. We literally knew no one in Maryland. We knew no one in Montgomery County, and so I was leaving a a, a solid job, and we had no financial backing, the only money that we had to launch a church was the money that we had, a little bit of money that I had already in a retirement plan and a little bit of equity that we had in our house, and that's all that we had. But we knew that we had a call of God to come and plant this church. And so what what are we going to name the church? What are you going to choose as a name? And so I remember her and I having multiple conversations about what will the name be. And, And obviously, we came to the point of realizing we don't need to name the church because it's really not our church. It's not our baby. It's God's baby. And so we want God to name his baby. So what, what name, God, would you have for us to, to attach to the identity of what you're calling us to plan? And we 
over a period of events and circumstances, we found ourselves drawn to the name Redeemer, Church of the Redeemer, Church of the Redeemer. And, and I remember continuing to ask God, what, what was that about? And is that really what he wanted? Because I was very, very serious, just like a parent is when you choose that name for a child. It's a serious thing. You don't want to just sort of do it half-hearted. You don't want to sort of say, put a bunch of names in a bag and draw it out and let's see what it comes up with. You might pull out Adolf or something. You don't want that there. Okay. So we felt like that we needed to hear from God. What is, what is the name and what does it need to be? And I was going through my devotional time one day and we were still in Virginia Beach at the time and getting ready to make our plans to move here. And I was praying about just the whole process, I was already facing a bit of fear related to making this move and what we were going to do and how to provide for our family and all those things that go along with a step of faith that you take in your life. And I'm saying, God, also I need to know, what do you want us to name this church? What is the name? And I found myself in my devotions that day in the book of Isaiah chapter 41. And I actually read verses 14 through 20. I'm not going to read all those for you tonight. I'm only going to read verse 14 for you. But this was a word that I felt like God gave to me, and it was the word that sealed in my heart the name that is attached to us to this day, Church of the Redeemer. As I was feeling fear and as I was dealing with these issues in my own heart of, is this the right thing to do, and how am I going to feed our family, and is there anybody there that's going to come to church if we go and start a church, all those questions were there, and I found myself on this particular verse in Isaiah 41, verse 14, and it's going to be on the screen there for you, I believe. It says, do not be afraid, you worm Jacob. And boy, I sure felt like a worm. I felt so small. I felt so limited in my capacity. And here was God speaking to me in that, that morning time of devotion. Do not be afraid, you worm Jacob. Little Israel, do not fear, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord your your what? Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. And there, if, as I was praying and asking God for direction and affirmation and confirmation, and we had plenty of people that we talked to and counsel, including Pastor Arlie and Jerry, that were encouraging us to take the step, but it was still a big step. And, and there, in the midst of our fear, God spoke these words of encouragement to me and, and identified for me the name that we still carry today, Church of the Redeemer. It was settled. We had the identity. We knew who we were going to be. And I started thinking about that word redeemer and trying to unpack for my own life and unpack for us the meaning of that word and the meaning of what it's been for us over these 35 years. And I'm going to quickly give you five things that Redeemer means, and these are going to be on the screen for you as well. And then I'm going to bring this around to a story that I want to share with you as I wrap things up today. When the Bible says that the Lord is our Redeemer, we know that when we come into the New Testament, the redemption that we have in our lives comes through Jesus. He is the Redeemer. The Old Testament, they were looking forward to a Redeemer. They were looking forward to the coming of the, the Messiah. All the Old Testament was pointing to the time when Messiah would come, when the Redeemer of Israel, the Redeemer of God's people would come and salvation would be experienced. And so when we enter into the New Testament time, we have now stepped into the world where Redeemer has come. Jesus came from heaven to earth. And he presented himself as the way to salvation, the way to redemption. And so if you have put your faith in Jesus, there is a redeemer in your life. 
If you put your faith in Jesus, you have experienced and you carry within you the Redeemer. He lives in you. But what does that mean? What does it mean to experience the redemption? What is Redeemer all about? And let me give you these five things that you need to understand. If you have Jesus in your life, the Redeemer is a part of your life, you need to understand that your spiritual freedom has been purchased. That's what a Redeemer does. A Redeemer purchases us from our slavery. That's the whole idea that the Redeemer that was promised in the Old Testament fulfilled in Jesus came to buy us out of spiritual slavery. Think about that for a moment. You and I were bound by our sin. We were bound by darkness. We were on our way to hell. Some of us were on a fast track to hell. And then we met Jesus. We invited him into our lives. And you might recall the day that you invited Jesus into your life and the wonderful freedom that you felt for the first time, that moment that you felt like spiritually chains were removed from you and shackles were taken away and you knew that something had happened. You could not define it all theologically, but you knew that something was different about you. What happened is that you met the Redeemer. And the Redeemer came and broke those chains and unloosed those shackles and your spiritual freedom was purchased. See, Jesus paid the price for you and I to be redeemed. We didn't pay that price. No human being could have paid that price, but Jesus paid that price for you and me. The second thing that redemption is all about and what it means to you and me is that your sins are forgiven. Anyone want to say hallelujah about that? That all the record of your sins, all the record of my sin, anything that I've ever done or you've ever done against God or against his commandments, when you and I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives, he blotted out our sins, he washed away our iniquities, he cleansed our heart, he set the record straight and said, no, now you're new, now you're free, there is a clean record, he expunged all of your guilt. So the Redeemer has come to give us spiritual freedom, and the Redeemer has come to forgive our sins. And the third thing that redemption is all about is that redemption means that your eternity is secured. I'm so glad to know that this life is not all there is. There is a life beyond this life, and for the believer in Jesus, this life is called heaven. This past year has been a year of loss for many of us. As we've already mentioned, we lost our dear pastor. Sister Jerry lost her dear husband. Charlie lost his father. We experienced that grief, and then not too many weeks after that, just a couple of weeks after that, I lost my mother, and many of you have lost loved ones this year related to COVID or a variety of issues, but you faced loss. But if you know Jesus Christ, and if those who have passed on from this life had a relationship with Jesus, as I know Pastor Arlie did, and my wife did, my, my, my mother did, and as we also know many of you who've had loved ones who passed on have relationship with Jesus, you and I need to understand that one day we shall see them again. Because it, the Redeemer secures your eternity. 
that you know that when you die, you know where you're going. You don't have to lay your head on the pillow at night and wonder, if I die, where am I going? I never worry about when I'm going to die and what's going to happen when I die because I already have eternal life. The Redeemer has given me eternal life. I'm not going to get eternal life. I already have eternal life. So when I die, I simply step into another room. It's the room called heaven. And that's happened because of a Redeemer. I'm spiritually free because of a a Redeemer. My sins have been forgiven. My eternity has been secured. And then the fourth thing you need to understand is that having a Redeemer means that your mistakes and messes are transformed into beauty. I was waiting for a really big hallelujah right there. Because it's not just that you go to heaven, but God cares about you now. He cares about what's going on in your life right now. And every one of us, if we're honest, we can tell stories about the messes that we've made with our own lives, the mistakes that we've made with our lives, and the things that represent a dimension of our history and our past. But the beautiful thing about a Redeemer is He's able to come in, and He's able to take all the mistakes and all the messes and do something that you and I could never do, give us beauty for our ashes. It's redemption. That's what He does. And when you and I meet the Redeemer, the fifth thing I'll mention here is that you actually receive the full benefits of Jesus sacrificed by nothing more than free grace. It is free. You don't pay a single thing for it. You cannot earn it. It is freely given to you because of the Redeemer's love for you and me. The psalmist David made a statement about this in Psalm 103. The first five verses, he is overwhelmed with the goodness of God, and he says, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Church of the Redeemer, it's the name that was given to us, the name that we officially established as our church. About 22 years ago, here's the story I want to tell you. We began the process. We purchased this particular piece of land. There was 13 acres at the time. We now have the additional five acres to, uh, to our, our north here, which gives us 18 acres right here on this particular piece of property. And we were, getting, we were getting ready to build on this land. And I remember driving out here on this particular piece of property. It was wooded at the time. And we'd just begun the excavation process. We'd done all the due diligence on the land. We'd done all the, uh, the environmental studies that we've been told to do and got all those pieces in place. Any of you have ever developed land, you know that there's certain processes that you go through to, to get ready to develop a piece of land. We had followed, we dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. We'd had good consultants that had helped us along the journey. But as they began to clear this land for the building, the foundation of this particular building, we discovered several things that none of us knew was here. We discovered in this piece of property sometime in the past that it had actually been used for for dumping trash. And so there was a whole section of this particular piece of property that when they dug a little bit deeper, they found just significant amounts of just trash that was just buried underneath the topsoil. And so it just, just 
several acres of that that we knew had to be cleaned up. And as they continued to dig around and excavate, we discovered about five uh, fuel tanks that were leaking in the ground. And folks, I'll tell you, if you're building a building and you discover five leaking fuel tanks in the ground, that's called an environmental problem, okay? And all these issues, we're talking about having to bring in these, these special trucks that will clear out, that will actually sift through all the soil and get all the trash out so the soil can be used again and having to actually find ways to clean up all the, uh, the, the, the gasoline and oil that had leaked out of these fuel tanks that we had no idea was here. And so I remember walking out on the property one day by myself and I was walking around here and I was so discouraged. I was so, so discouraged. I said, God, we bought this piece of property. And now we've got a trash pile. And we've got fuel that we've got to clean up. And they're telling me it's thousands of dollars to do this. I don't understand this. I don't grasp it. I can't understand how we could be sitting on a piece of property. We did everything we knew how to do to determine that this was going to be a good place to build a church. And got all the approvals that we need. Why, why this? Why are we discovering this now? And how are we going to get past this? What, what will we do? How will we pay the bills to make sure that we get all this cleaned up in the way that it needs to be? And I, I'm walking around having my personal pity party. Anybody ever had one of those? And I'm telling God everything he already knows. And I'm walking around grieving and I'm by myself and I'm frustrated and I'm sad and I'm depressed and I'm feeling all those things that probably most people that look at a pastor never imagine pastors feel, but we feel those things. We go through stuff like that at times. We're human. And I remember asking God, God, what? And I, in that, there was a moment and I I don't want to exaggerate. I can't remember everything fully, but I do remember coming to a stop and feeling the voice of the Holy Spirit inside of me. It wasn't an audible voice. It wasn't anything that I saw something written in the heavens, but it was a a voice that came inside of me. And the Lord said, what I'm going to do for this land, I'm going to do for people that will walk through the doors of this church. That what I'm going to do for this land is I'm going to redeem this land. And I've sent you here to, yeah, you're going to clean it up. And, and I felt the assurance that God was going to help us. And by the way, it was a miracle the, the, the way we were able to work with the EPA and the, the, the uh, things that happened that were just miraculous in terms of getting it all cleaned up and got a complete bill of help from the EPA. Everything was taken care of, but the Lord helped us do that. But what I needed in that moment was a promise from God. And God gave me the promise in the same way, I'm going to dig down and clean up this garbage out of this piece of land. And I'm going to take that which is a mess. I'm going to take that which is terrible, that which seems to be something no one would ever want to have or try to build on. I am going to redeem it, and it will be a prophecy to you that this is what I am going to do in the lives of people in this congregation. And every one of us, if we're really, really honest, we can say, you know what? I got some trash buried in me that needs some help. I've got some leaky things in my life that I need the Lord to redeem. And I'm standing here tonight, years later after that experience, to tell you that the same God who redeemed this piece of property and has a beautiful church on it, in which we've seen 
thousands of people come to faith in Christ, the same God that did that for that physical piece of property is able to do this in your life. He's able to do it for you. All you have to do is make yourself available to Him. And there are many of you that can testify that when you walk through the doors of this church, you walk through these doors with a lot of stuff in your life. But over the years, God has cleaned out this part, and He's cleaned out that part. And I'm glad God doesn't tackle everything at one time, aren't you? Okay? Kind of takes little sections and works on them. And you can say, I'm a lot healthier now than I was years ago. And that's not because of any family. That's because of Jesus being the Redeemer, okay? There's not a single human being that can do that kind of work. But to Him be the glory and be the honor and be the praise. Would you bow your heads together with me as we pray? Father, we thank You that You're the Lord, our Redeemer. Thank You that You're able to take the mistakes and messes of life that we bury underneath the surface so often. And Lord, you're able to come along and pull that stuff up and clean it out and move it away and give us a clean bill of health. You're able to do that for us. Lord, thank you for giving us a church that you have worked in over these years to prove that you are the Lord, our Redeemer. And I pray that tonight in this moment, if there's someone here who's never yet experienced that in their life, this will be the moment they open their heart and their life to you. We ask it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. I'm going to ask that no one be looking around or moving about for the next few moments, very quiet, very still. If you've never given your life to Jesus, that's the most important decision you'll ever make in your entire life. Nothing more important than that. There's someone here, perhaps several of you here this evening, that you've never really turned your life over to Christ. You've never opened your heart to Him and said, Jesus, come in and be my Lord and be my Savior. You say, how do I do that? Number one, you acknowledge that you're a sinner, that you need God's forgiveness in your life. Number two, you believe that Jesus is who he says he is, the Messiah, the Son of God, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he rose from the grave to prove he was the Son of God, and then to simply invite him in and turn your life over to him. And if you'll invite him in, he'll come in to your life tonight. And with our heads bowed and with our eyes closed, I promise I'll do nothing to embarrass you in any way. It'll be a private moment because I believe it's so important that you have the opportunity to make a private decision that's registered between you and God. You can make it public later, but today is the day to make it right with God. It's just you and God right now. So if you say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I've ever really received Jesus in my life, but I want to be sure that he's living in me. I want the Redeemer inside of my life. I've got some stuff he needs to work on in me. I'm going to ask you to let me know who you are just by lifting your hand for a brief moment. I'll acknowledge it. You can put it right back down without any hesitation, Pastor. Pray for me. I want to turn my life over to Jesus. I want to begin my life in Christ. I want to start a relationship with him. This is my decision tonight. If that's you, I'm going to invite you to pray a very simple prayer right where you're seated. Just whisper these words and mean it from your heart. Start by whispering the name Jesus right where you are. Just say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I'm sorry for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you're the Savior of the world. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you're alive. 
Now pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, come in to my life today. Forgive me for all of my sins. I turn my life over to you. In Jesus' name. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.